0: You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast Hi this is Satya Sundaram from Mint's personal finance team welcome to Why Not Mint Money podcast After experiencing the fixed deposit interest rates at multi-year low for quite some time there is finally some relief as a few banks have started announcing an increase in the deposit rates after the RBI hiked the repo rate but the deposit rates are not going up at the same pace as lending rates. In the last one month, the lending rates of some of the top banks went up by 40 to 90 basis points, that is 0.4 to 0.9 percentage points, but the deposit rates were increased by merely 0.15 to 0.2 percentage points. Why is this so? When lending rates are going up, shouldn't the deposit rates to go up similarly? To answer this big question, we have with us Mr. Raj Kosla, founder of the My Money Mantra, a platform where you can compare and buy financial products such as credit cards, home loans, personal loans, etc. Let's invite him.
1: Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey.
0: Hello Mr. Khosla, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. I appreciate you joining in today. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you Satya Ma'am for having me. Always a pleasure to learn from you.
0: Same here Mr. Khosla. Khosla, Fix-A-Deposit is a very favorite product uh, for most of the Indians. Uh, Now with RBI recently, they uh, recently hiked the repo rate by 90 basis points in a very short span. When this happened, banks were very quick in rising the lending rates. Then why are the deposit rates not going up in the same pace? See, most
1: banks' lending rates are linked to the repo rate, and hence any increase in repo rate almost automatically results in, the, in corresponding hikes of rates of interest on loans. This is, this is practically automatic. But deposit rates, on the other hand, are governed by availability of liquidity with a particular bank. Hence, each bank would increase deposit rates if liquidity requirements were front and centre for them. But having said that, some banks have already started increasing fixed deposit rates. However, the quantum of hikes will continue to be somewhat lower as compared to the increases we are currently seeing in lending rates, at least for the near term.
0: So, when RBI reduced the repo rate in 2020, all banks slashed the deposit rates. In fact, the deposit rates fell faster than the loan rates. So, do you say that the banks have cut down the rates because of the high liquidity then?
1: (coughs) Well, actually, uh, these COVID-induced repo rate cuts during the initial quarters of 2020 were largely done to soften costs of borrowing. And the back-to-back policy actions by Reserve Bank of India were in line with the global mood of almost all leading central banks as cheaper money was certainly required to maintain adequate liquidity at all levels. Now, the fact that FD rates fell faster than loan rates is a truly a reflection of the huge liquidity available to the banks at that point in time. So therefore, you know, obviously the requirement of liquidity was not there. The, the central bank was in any case pumping in so much liquidity into the system. So therefore, you know, we didn't see a huge increase or for that matter, you know, the FD rates were not that attractive in that period
0: understand in addition to the liquidity can we also say the competition between banks is also one of the factors for uh, you know uh, you know uh, banks to fix a higher uh, fixed deposit rate
1: well uh, you see as far as competition between banks is concerned i think uh, it is a classic interplay of uh, of market forces you know you um, competition is always there so but everyone links the competition to his own individual requirement if all banks have a huge requirement for liquidity the competition will be severer and therefore rates will rise that much faster but that's really you know in the practical world you know there's different strokes for different folks So, you know, different banks are at different points in their journeys. And therefore, you know, their rates that they offer on fixed deposits are also very different. They don't go in tandem with each other. But yes, I mean, in a general sense, yes, you know, there will will be market competition.
0: Understand. understand. Um, you know, Mr. Kostler, with equity markets not looking attractive at this point of time, you know, people may want to invest some portion of their money in fixed deposits. So, how is the liquidity position of banks now? So, And uh, when do you expect banks to increase safety FD rates? That's the straightforward question, I guess, for me.
1: Generally speaking, in turbulent times, quite like the present, there is always a flight to safety. Accordingly, you know, back to fixed deposits which you are discussing, you know, so FDs are still the most sought after investment option for a large section of people who are neither willing to absorb additional risks for a marginal increase in the rate of return and nor they have the time or expertise to analyze, you know, companies before they allocate their money in terms of fixed deposits. So as I already said, a bunch of private as well as public sector banks have already started increasing the rates on term deposits. Other lenders are set to follow suit in the upcoming quarter. And I'm sure everyone is keeping a hawk eye on the upcoming uh, policy action by the RBI.
0: So, you know, if I have to rephrase my question, by when can we expect, you know, at least uh, one uh, percentage increase in the FT interest rate or, you know, significant or the meaningful increase in the FT? <laughs> oh,
1: well, you know, honestly, you know, predicting rates is always a mug's game. So, you know, I'm not just like
0: predicting you know, the markets
1: yeah it's it's really not possible but generally speaking yes the trend is 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 looking up so you will see increases how quickly and how much those increases will be is obviously for much smarter folks you know and not for me to say
0: Sure. So it's going to take some time. Uh, so meanwhile, if an investor wants to set aside some amount uh, to their fixed income segment, uh, so where do you think they can invest in terms of maybe time frame? Uh, maybe should they look at uh, short-term fixed deposits or the long-term fixed deposits?
1: See, uh, now it's really a classic, you know, risk-reward conundrum. And it's very personal in nature. And therefore, you can't approach this with a one-size-fits-all. But, uh, you know, as in a preferential, rate of return is always better. But do make sure that your hard-earned money should rest with a financial entity, which is always in good shape. Therefore, to earn an extra buck, you know, select, uh, you know, a bank, or for that matter, a small savings bank, if you like, um, um, or a small finance bank, which has strong fundamentals, My recommendation would be to place FDs in smaller capsules, but in a larger number of banks. In any case, I would recommend a thorough study of terms and conditions and compare and contrast relevant attributes, uh, for example, a mandatory lock-in or a higher premature withdrawal fee. So you should compare the ease of application, withdrawal, and the effective return after adjusting for inflation before shortlisting a, a home for your deposits.
0: Mr. So, you mentioned about the small finance banks, SFPs. These are the newcomers in the banking industry and have a very limited presence in terms of bank branches. Uh, now, no, not many would have heard about it. And when we talk about depositing in SFPs, there could be doubts about the bank's credibility. How safe are the small finance banks? Uh, it's just,
1: uh, why small finance banks? You know, it's, uh, Any bank or any NBFC or any institution for that matter, you know, is really... Uh, as safe and as good as is financials, you know uh, the stories that the financials speak. Well, all the relevant ratios, what kind of liquidity it has, what kind of investor uh, investors it has, what kind of non-performing assets you know it might have on its books. So one has to examine uh, the health indicators of each organization on its own terms, as opposed to making a general, a generalized statement of how are small finance banks generally speaking. There could be some very good ones, there could be not so good ones and there could be some really positively bad ones. So it's up to you to suss out the scene before you actually commit funds.
0: I uh, Could you tell us uh, some of the key metrics that one should look at, uh, you know, before investing or before selecting a bank based on its financial health? Yes, some key metrics
1: are frankly, you know, how much of liquidity is available. And is there an asset liability mismatch or not because frequently uh, it may happen that uh, somebody has made out or a particular bank or an institution has made out long term loans in terms of 15, 20 year loans, but the funds it has access to are only three months or six months, you know, you know, quick turnover kind of, you know, corporate deposits, in which case <laughs> there's a severe problem because, you know, every six months, every three months, their cost of borrowing can fluctuate depending on market conditions, but they made a loan at a particular rate of interest, which is valid for 15 years that and also to see what kind of provisioning is going on for non-performing assets that's a surefire uh, indicator of the health of a, of a bank and if if all is going well in that sense then i think uh, you know you should certainly consider investing some funds with that kind of an organization
0: Sure. You mentioned three points. One is liquidity, asset liability mismatch and the non-performing assets. Uh, the non-performing assets, I think, is relatively a little easier to look at because banks usually uh, you know, disclose those numbers. Uh, can you also tell us the metrics for this liquidity and asset liability mismatch? Because this li- sounds like a Greek and Latin for many people who are not from the finance background.
1: No, liquidity is simple enough. So, I mean, if you look at the asset side of the balance sheet, you would know or it'd be easy enough to figure out how much money, for instance, is parked with some, they're required to maintain a particular amount of money as a deposit with the regulator, with the Reserve Bank of India, you know, and and also with some other entities, with other banks, interbank deposits. So that is ready cash available to that, you know, to, to that particular bank as compared to what it has borrowed from the market and what it needs to repay. So if you compare the two, it would be easy enough to figure out, you know, if the bank was in a comfortable position or in a tight position, but that's liquidity for you. Asset liability mismatch, again, if you, you know, on the liability side of the balance sheet, you would, you, you would certainly have, you know, short-term liabilities in terms of, uh, you know, all the money that has to be repaid in less than 12 months. But that is clearly demarcated as, a, as uh, you know, as compared to long-term debt, which the bank may have taken on. And similarly, on the asset side, there would be loans that they have made and it would be easy enough to figure out, you know, the age of those loans. Are they home loans? Are they are they personal loans, which would be typically short term in nature. And if you are able to see that the the liabilities and and assets, they have a particular match in their tenure then you know that the bank is going to be in, you know, is has, has run uh, you know, with solid fundamentals.
0: I doubt everybody will be able to do such analysis before selecting a bank to do a fixed deposit. Of course, it is very important to check the financial health of a bank before parking uh, the hardened money. Uh, but for those who cannot put in the work required, is there a further shortcut Mr. Kosla?
1: Well, if it is, uh, if you are planning to place a deposit of 5 lakhs or less, uh, you're doing fine, because then in which case, you know, all scheduled banks are, uh, you know, come with a uh, guarantee, which maximum guarantee of 5 lakhs you know, in case of a run on the bank. So then, you know, you don't really have to do too much research. It's only if the amounts are large, uh, you know, in excess of large, meaning in excess of 5 lakhs, you know, you only covered up to 5 lakhs. So if you're planning to put in 5 crores, that means, you know, if the bank went bust, you would lose 4 lakh 4 crore 95 lakhs. Therefore, Instead. So that's why I go back to my earlier recommendation that it's probably better to place smaller units in larger number of banks. And if there's a, in any case, if there's a large amount of, say, a crore, 50 lakhs, then obviously... You know, I'm sure a self-interest is always dear to every one of us. I'm sure people will find half an hour to investigate before they put their hard-earned money.
0: For the benefit of listeners, all commercial banks are covered under the deposit insurance and credit guarantee corporation scheme of the central government. That is, even if the bank goes first, each depositor in a bank will be insured up to 5 lakh rupees. For both principal and interest amount, and also Mr. Koslav because uh, as the interest rates are expected to go up in the near future, it is. Uh, do you think it one would be better off to invest their fixed deposit amount in a shorter term, near fixed deposit, so that they could reinvest it later? Uh,
1: again, uh, you, that really depends on your own assessment of you know how quickly the rates of interest are going to rise. Because uh, you, know, you, you also need to balance out the fact that if you put a three-month deposit as compared to a three-year deposit, there is a difference in rate of interest. So what if you gain 25 basis points by waiting for three months, but you, you know, if you put it for three years, you would have gained 100 basis points and you're better off putting it for three years. So it's, a, it's an interplay, you know, on what you expect, how quickly the rates will rise and what that would mean for you so it's uh, again not a one size fits all uh, recommendation but you have to analyze for yourself
0: understand now talking a bit about uh, what borrowers can expect uh, their rapport linked loans would have already seen a rise in an interest rate will the cost go higher in the next few months for them
1: well i think we talked about it earlier you know predicting foreign exchange rates interest rates and the such you know it's quite honestly um, uh, not for me, you know, or for that matter, no sane guy is going to be able to take a punt on, you know, what rates are going to be in the coming months. And so therefore, having put in the disclaimer, I would say rates could probably rise for sure in the coming months. Consequently, <clears throat> do expect an increase in EMIs that you've already transacted for and or an increase in loan tenors. Because frequently, whenever EMIs are increased, you also have the you can you may also have the option of saying look i can't afford to pay more than let us say 50000 rupees a month even if rates of interest have gone up so can you increase that loan tenor from you know i, I have another 12 years to go can you make that 15 but i can pay only 50000 rupees a month net net there will be an increase in cost of borrowing and that will be passed on to the borrowers you can expect that yeah
0: understand. But what is the default option when an uh, interest rate hikes? So is it uh, that the loan tenure gets extended or uh, will the EMI rise?
1: Well, uh, the simple answer is, uh, you know, there's an immediate calculation of an increase in the EMI, having, you know, keeping the loan tenure constant, but frequently, and this isn't again, uh, you know, it isn't applicable in all cases. Frequently, the bank is able to come back to you with an increased tenure which therefore freezes your EMI and makes it more manageable and doesn't upset your budget. But uh, but this is to be seen, you know, it's, a, uh, it's a different from, you know, what kind of loan you took, which bank you're dealing with. But yes, this option does frequently come on the table.
0: Again, for the listeners, there are two kinds of loans, repo-linked loans and MCLR-linked loans. repo-linked loans are also called external benchmark-linked loans. As the name suggests, the interest rates on these loans are dependent on the external benchmark, which is the repo rate by RBI. MCLR loans has marginal cost of fund-based lending rate. To put it simply, uh, the interest rates on these loans are fixed by the bank considering its cost and not linked to any interest rates in the market. Interest rate on MCLR linked loans will go up either half-yearly or annually as per the loan agreement entered into with the bank. With that said, Mr. Kostler, can borrowers make a shift from MCLR-linked loans to uh, repo-linked loans and vice versa?
1: You see, again, a, some a slight background here because, you know, a couple of years ago, the RBI mandated benchmarking of interest rates with an external benchmark. So, most, most lenders selected the repo rate and some also selected, for instance, another external benchmark, you know, for example, TBLR, the Treasury bills, you know, rate. And after that point, when this mandate came through from the RBI, thereafter there were no MCL, no further MCLR linked loans made. But the, however, the MCLR linked loans which were already in place on that date were allowed to continue as is. where is. but you know, in any case, they, they were offered a one-way option to change to say a repo linked rate, which was an MCLR linked rates are internal to the bank and it is not feasible to assess when such rates will be reset because it's all internal calculation and it depends on what the bank wants to do. So as far as MCLR rate switching to repo rate is concerned, it's a simple cost-saving decision to be exercised by the borrower. He should make the switch if there is a gain for him, but do keep in mind there is a one-way street. Having made the switch once from MCLR rate to the repo rate, you can't go back to MCLR.
0: Understand, understand. There are key points to take uh, both by the depositors and borrowers from this discussion. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Costa Thank you for your for your time today.
1: Always a pleasure, Satya Man. Always Thank a pleasure. You, Thank, you. So Thank
0: you. That's all for now in this episode, listeners. If you have any queries or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Satya Sontanam. S A T Y A S O N T A N A M. Or you can also write to us at mintmoney at livemint.com. Bye-bye. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.